Jesus said, tell them to come here. You remember the love that Jesus had for those kids. What a blessing it is for us to look for opportunities to teach our kids, young and old, to love the King. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that you guys have decided to come and spend your night singing praises to the Lord, and not only singing praises to the Lord, but hear a portion from God's Word. The title of this lesson tonight is Light Shining in a Dark Place. And I want to begin by asking a question. When you, in your life, hear some type of good news, how do you act? Are you excited about it? Is there some emotions that go through your mind? Man, that's great. What about when you order that thing on Amazon? I'm sure nobody uses Amazon, but you order something on Amazon and it tells you the delivery is coming and then you look outside and you receive the package. How do you feel? My son, he's 21, he loves hats. He probably has got 150 hats. And man, when I see the little box on the front porch, I know when he gets off of work and he sees it, he's going to be so excited. Now, he won't let me borrow a hat, but he loves seeing those boxes. Do we go telling somebody, tell somebody about those, that good news too? A lot of times, Isaac will get that hat, he'll take it in his room, he'll open it up, he'll try it on, I'll see him, hear some wrestling and things happening in his room, and then all of a sudden, here he comes out with his brand new hat, and he says, Dad, do you like my hat? I say, is it a snapback? Can I fit it? Do we tell our parents... When those good things happen in our lives, when we make those good grades, or what about when we get that job promotion? Do we come home and do we tell our spouses, hey, you know what? I got it. That thing we've been praying for, I got it. I finally got it. Do we tell our friends, hey, I want to tell you, look what I got, and I want you to come check it out, right? I remember when uh, the video games for me was Atari was out, so Nintendo was coming along, and I remember a new game would come out, and I'd get it, and I couldn't wait to go home and call my friends on my phone at the house and say, hey, come over. I used to know phone numbers. I don't know nobody's phone number, do y'all? I don't know anybody. I don't even know my wife's. Sorry, that was a side note. Maybe I'm the only one. But I was always excited about telling my friends to come and check this new thing out. You know what, I get, what I'm talking about. You understand the point that I'm trying to make. When good news comes our way, we're so excited to go tell somebody about the good news. But what about it when it comes to our spiritual lives? Is the good news something that we like to share? Now, I'm not talking just about the gospel, which is the greatest thing. I'm talking about other things. 
How many of you went to camp this year? How many of you had retreats or had these certain Bible studies with your youth group or had Bible class on Sunday morning or a worship on Sunday morning or a Sunday night? And that lesson just hit you. That lesson just hit you right where it needed to hit you. And either you felt conviction or you felt excitement. I know I've listened to a lesson before and I'm just listening. I can't hardly keep still in my seat. And I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till he gets done because I'm going to go shake his hand. And then I'm going to go tell somebody about it. But what about that lesson where you're sitting and you're wanting to just slide on down in your seat, right? Man, that one hurts. Man, I needed to hear that. What you said, brother, tonight was something that I needed to hear. When we hear something that encourages us or maybe even challenges us to make a change as far as it pertains to God's glory, how quick are we to tell others about it? Just be real. What will we do with the knowledge that we have gained not only over this summer, but every time we leave this building and are gathered together? What a blessing it is and what an encouragement it is to come together, isn't it? To stir each other up for love and good works. But what a blessing it is as well to be able to sit and listen and learn and ask questions and talk about Bible things. Parents, aren't you glad your kids are at church? See, the challenge for us as God's people is to not only grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is what Peter says. But I want you to notice this one, and really, this is going to be where we elevate the lesson off of this next verse. Look what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the ability which God supplies, that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Please, if you'll hear anything tonight, teenagers, if you hear anything tonight, let me tell you this, God has given you abilities. And God has blessed you with the ability to go and do those things. And here's the added bonus. Not only do you have those abilities, but you can use those abilities for God's glory and for God's honor. You know, when I was your age, I wasn't thinking about bringing God glory. And man, I wish I would have. I wish there was somebody to tell me and encourage me and lift me up. I wish there was a youth rally that I could have come to. And I could have been around people with the same mind and the same attitude. 
I know sometimes it gets boring. I know sometimes you want to go do the fun things. But here's the deal. When you guys come together, and you all know this, that Jesus loves you, right? You've been singing that song probably since you was a little one. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? So the challenge for us is, are we going to gain knowledge and, and, and are we going to use that knowledge for God's glory by using our abilities? As we learn God's truth, we need to be showing and telling others why these truths are so awesome. And here's the awesome part. These unique skills will help along the way. I need to ask something of you real quick. I'm dealing with some addiction people. I've got about four people that I'm dealing with on just about a daily basis. And I need you to pray for me that I can say and encourage and do things that will help these people. Will you do that? See, here's the deal. You may not think it now, and you may think that hanging with the cool crowd, doing the cool things, and all of those things at school are going to pay off and are going to help you. But when they ask you to do things that are against God's will, don't fall into the temptation. Don't fall into the trap. Be different. I'm dealing with grown people who have really bad problems, who have ruined their life over silly mistakes when they started as a youngster. One time is all it took for one. And they actually didn't even do it. The, another person gave it to them. Methamphetamine is what it's called. It's a danger. It's terrible. But you know what I can do for this person? I can be an encouragement to them. And I can show them the love of Jesus by me being by them, by me putting my hands on my their arm on their shoulder, by me sitting by them when the times get tough. Oh, it may not be drugs, but it may be a breakup. I know none of y'all probably have boyfriends or girlfriends, and I'm sure that none of y'all ever broke up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But I had a boyfriend and a girlfriend. I only wanted to date the good-looking girls back in the day, right? But they never wanted to date me. I don't know what was up. I mean, I thought I was pretty good-looking, but maybe not. But you know how it is when you break up with somebody and you're sad and you're hurting? Or maybe you ask the person out and they say, nah, not interested. See, if I'm a, a part of a group... If I'm a part of God's people, I bear each other's burden. And when I'm hurting and when I'm struggling, you know what I do? I be an encouragement to them. See, what have you learned at camp? What have you learned in Bible class? What have you learned? And if you say that you've learned something, what are you doing with it? And where are you taking it? I want to look at a story real quick. It's a story of a demon-possessed man. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. I won't be long. I, I want you to just hear this. Luke chapter 8. 
The Bible says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gerardines, which is opposite Galilee. And when he had stepped out on the land where they met him, a, a, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and broke the bonds, and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked, What's your name? And the demon said, Legion. And I'll skip down to verse 33. There's this comment back and forth with this demon. Jesus is about to send them out into the abyss, but they see some pigs, and instead they say, why don't you let us go into them? In verse 33, when the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned, then those who fed them saw what had happened, and they fled and told it in the city and in the country then when they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid, they also who had seen it told them by what means he had been even possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gerardians asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what, a great, things, what great things Jesus had done for him. I appreciate you listening to the story. You probably know it really good. This man was healed. These demons that were in him were out. There's joy in his heart. They finish this deal and something happens. There's a difference between two groups, really a man and a group. The first, in verse 37, it says, The people of the region, they realized what Jesus had done. And what did they do? Did they go tell somebody? Oh, the ones that had the pigs went and told. But then when the group came back, what did they say to Jesus? The whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gerardines asked him to depart from them. Get out of here, dude. They seen what Jesus had done, but they don't want to do any more. They don't want to be around him anymore. They don't want him to do any more things like that. What's an application that we can make in our lives when we sit in Bible class, when we sit in camp and we're tired and we're wore out and we're about ready to shut it down and we're ready to go do those other things and we hear that lesson that hurts. We hear that comment that really hurts, but we don't really want to hear it. Do we have... The attitude of I'm just going to not say nothing at all. 
But see, the second reaction was the man. The man who had the demons cast out of him, he had an entirely different response. He begs to go with Jesus. Oh, how I'd love to be with Jesus right now, huh? And walk with Him. How about you? Or does it even matter? Does it even matter? Oh, how I'd like to walk with Jesus. This man begs to go with Jesus. He doesn't want Jesus to go away. He wants to be with Him. He wants to go with the disciples. He wants to get in the boat. What does Jesus do? Go and tell the people. And notice what verse 39 says. Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. (laughs) See, when we understand who Jesus is, then we're ready to proclaim it. I don't know about you, but I've lived in such a way where I've pushed Jesus to the side so long that I almost forgot who he was. I pushed him away for so long that I almost forgot who he was. But I remember the day when I was baptized, when nobody there, Except me and the preacher. And I remember the day when I was added to the greatest family in the world, the church. And I remember coming out of that water, and there was something different about me. I told that preacher that day, After I gave him a hug, and I don't know about you, but maybe this is just a fountainhead, but man, our heater never works. It was freezing cold. But maybe that was the jump start I needed. But I gave him a hug, and I said, from this day forward, I'm going to preach Jesus. Never had an intention of ever being in a pulpit preaching God's Word. But brethren, teenagers, friend. Here I am. How does that happen? Because God is a good God. God is a God who loves us. And God, as we talked about this morning, is a God who wants to bless our lives. The disciples had that situation. You remember in Acts chapter 4, they were faced with a tough situation. They had healed a man. And the Sanhedrin, they gather up and they say, we can't deny the miracle happened and we actually can see the guy standing right there with them boys. But you know what? We're going to tell them to not preach in Jesus' name anymore. You remember what Peter responded back to him? He said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What have you heard in Bible class? What have you heard in worship? Have you told somebody else about it? Has the lesson not even moved you enough to be able to speak to somebody about it? See, Paul understood this truth. You remember in Acts chapter 9, he was blinded by light. (laughs) Jesus said, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? 
I want you to listen to something real quick. Philippians chapter 3. Will you turn there with me? I want you to hear this. I want you to hear what Paul says. Philippians chapter 3. I want you to hear the Word of God, and I want you to hear Paul when he says something, how much he appreciated it. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, for allowing me to be a part of this ministry. He couldn't believe it. All these things that he had gained in the flesh, he was top Pharisee, man. People were scared of that boy. And look at what he says, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Teenagers, let me tell you something. Serving Jesus is the coolest thing that you can ever do. Don't let nobody fool you. Serve him. Love him. Do the things he asks you to do. And watch how he blesses your life and the people around you. See, Peter knew it as well. You remember Peter was one of the ones who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I'm going to close with this. He's on the Mount Transfiguration, and you remember he kind of gets scared. I probably would get scared too if I seen Jesus get white. I like where it says his laundry is like white as bleach, right? I wish I could get my shirts that white. My, my mom and my wife can do that, but I somehow can't do it. Could it be that I put my whites in the color? Is that what it is? Maybe. Here's Peter struggling on the mount to try and figure out what's happening. And he says, Lord, do I need to just build some altars right here for you guys? I don't know what's happening. He didn't know what was happening at the moment, but he finally figured it out. See, something happened to him and he went and told. Something happened to Peter, to Paul, and he went and told Something happened to this demon-possessed man, and he went and told. I want you to hear this. This is first, uh, Second Peter. I want you to hear what he says. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Just hear this. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when he, we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God... The, the Father, honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, Peter says, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Peter goes on to say this, that knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. 
Man didn't make this Bible that we have here. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Why do I bring that up? The Bible that you're taught, the Bible that you read, the Bible that you consider, the Bible that you love is from God. And He wants you to not only read it and understand it, but He wants you to put it into practice with people. People will die tonight outside of the body of Christ. The question is, does that bother any of us? Tonight, somebody will take their last breath and will be outside of the body of Christ. Does that bother any of us? See, I have a role to play in this. I'm God's workmanship. I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works. What am I doing with my friend? What am I doing with my enemy at school? What am I doing with that coworker I can't stand? Jesus said, pray for your enemies. When we think about our lives, what are we doing for Jesus? Jesus gave it all, and all to him I owe. Now what am I going to do to show my thankfulness and my appreciation for that? Maybe you're here tonight. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you letting me come. Man, I'm so thankful to see such beautiful faces. Keep serving Jesus. Keep pushing and being a part of the group. You're special and you're precious to God. But maybe you're struggling and you need prayers. Maybe your life isn't what it needs to be right now and you need help. You need encouragement. I know so many here will pray with you, but maybe you're here tonight and you need to become a Christian. I'm sure their water's hot. It's probably warm. It'd be a great day. What a celebration will happen in heaven. Angels are waiting for you to repent and turn to God. By obeying the gospel, you are added to the family. By believing who He is, Jesus, that He came, that He died, that He rose on the third day. By repenting, turning from your sins. This isn't no steps. This isn't this thing that we pattern that we just... This is real talk. When you turn from your way and you turn towards God's way, He will make a way. Because now you become a willing servant for Him. When you're willing to confess his name before men that you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you're stepping forward and you're saying, I'm not ashamed to be a part of this group. And when you go in that water, you go in an old, dirty man. My buddy, I use this example, man, it's so powerful. I've never had one. My buddy just bought a new car. Y'all ever smelt a new car? Man, <laughs> love it. I mean, I've tried to buy the new car since at the dollar store, but no comparison. There is no comparison to a brand new car, man, with that plastic on it. My boy said, be careful sitting in there, bro. 
When you come out of that water, you are a brand new addition, man. A brand new creature. How awesome is that? Added to the family of God. And if you're faithful to Him, you'll receive a crown of life. Hey, whatever you need, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.